Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery. Today, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard Episode 4 Absolute Candor. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co hosts, slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who Story yourself, Kyle Jones. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm here ready to talk Picard in Absolute Candor. So glad to be here. Yeah, man. Everything going good on your end? Having a great week so far? Yeah, I am absolutely excited to be here. I thought this was a good episode, and I cannot wait to talk about it. All right. And uh, in Hasbury, Mississippi, we have the Stargate story. And Jeremy Barrow, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Just, you know, like everybody else around here going through the, the Mississippi sinus issues. And, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think I have it nearly as bad as everybody else around here. So I'm thankful for that. But um, otherwise, it's it's all quiet on the on the Stargate front. I got a vase of flowers in there that'll change your mind. Uh, <laughs> that's your flower, sir, not mine. Boy, do, you, do you say vase or vase? Yeah, I, I was just for the say. <laughs> <laughs> I say vase, but I figured you would be a vase type person. Ooh, is it? I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm with it. Neil's fighting words. Well, that's, that's what that's I was argu- fixing to say. That's an <laughs> argument for later. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and that voice you hear there is, of course, the Trek story and Jonathan Shores. How you doing, dude? Uh, doing good, as you've already heard, dealing with the whole allergy issues. So that's that. I may sound a little nasally, but I'm still excited to talk about absolute candor. Uh, and I have some absolute candor about this episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not bad. No, and, uh, Clarence, I want to ask, and Cal as well, are you guys, how are you guys doing? Y'all have, like, some major flooding going on there. Apparently we do, but fortunate for I, and I, I don't know about Cal, but fortunate for me, uh, it hasn't, isn't really affecting me. So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I guess things are good on my end, but yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad to see what's going on. It's been a lot of flooding, but I don't think it's been as bad as it could be. So what about you, Cal? Yeah, I'm going to agree with everything Clarence just said. It's unfortunate for everyone who has been affected, but knock on wood, thankfully so, in the area where Clarence and I live, I think in Ridgeland, in the vicinity and et cetera and so forth, knock on wood, we're pretty much A-OK. Yeah. So yeah. let me let me ask a question over there on what is around Pear Orchard and all that. Is that the area that's been flooded? Well, it's pretty much anything uh, south of the spillway. So the spillway is like right. probably two miles, three miles from where I'm at now. But we're on the upside of it. We're not on the downside yeah. of the spillway. So, you know, it's not really going to affect us unless the whole reservoir floods, but <laughs> it's it's on the other end, which is unfortunate for the people down there. But yeah, fortunately enough, it hasn't affected us. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank everyone that is listening. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. If you've been around for a long time, thanks for continuing to listen. And we always are appreciative when you go to iTunes or the podcasting platform of your choice and leave us a five-star review hopefully, and also a written review telling us, telling the world, rather, about our show and what you like about it. Uh, yeah, so if you have not done that, please head on over to iTunes or, again, the podcast platform of your choice and leave us a five-star review as well as a written review. We really do appreciate it, and it all 
helps the show get discovered. And check out our uh, Facebook page if you want to leave feedback there. We'll yeah. be monitoring that. Yeah, uh, definitely head over to our Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash discussing trek. You can pretty much search at discussing trek on any of the social media platforms and you will find us. Be sure to leave us a, you know, a message there or, you know, just just chat about us. What's going on in your life? What do you love about Star Trek and all the other good stuff? So, yeah. I don't have any real news or updates, but I just want to throw this out there because I've been reading some articles, you know, from time to time. I jump on uh, treknews.net and others, other Trek centric sites, trekmovie.com. You know, I kind of read some of the articles and from time to time I uh, read the comments of said articles. And man, I really thought that post Picard, the hate the negativity would end, but man, I'm still seeing a lot of negative people on these forums and in these, um, these threads. So I just want to throw it out there to you guys and see, have you come across a lot of negative Picard feedback? I don't, I haven't seen a lot of negative, like just, just horrible, nasty negative. I've seen a like a, a bit of those who just don't care for it, you know that they haven't been like you know bashing it as you know like the Antichrist or anything. Hmm. Mm. You know, I have seen some negative, and this reminds me of something that our co-host, when discussing who Lee Shackelford, was thinking about and looking at when we saw some negative Doctor Who reactions i think it's just the i'm behind the social media firewall and it's virtual etc and i think there's a lot of people out there that just go into chat rooms and you know groups and whatever and say i hate this program whatever that program may be or i don't like this direction just for no other purpose than to try to get some kind of reaction yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. I, and I've actually been, I mean, a lot of things I've seen has kind of been more revolved around just trick fans in general, people complaining about trick fans complaining. And <laughs> they're just saying, you know, hey, it's pretty much the same thing with any new trick or trick like show. You know, it's the trick. It says, who we can't wait. We can't wait. They see it. They hate it. This is not right. This isn't. Then on down, they're like, huh, maybe. And then close to the end of the show, they're like, oh, it's great. It's awesome. And, you know, I think it's and that's that's pretty much the feedback that I've been reading. Just the fan cycle. Yeah, pretty much. Is is that the doctor cycle, Cal, if you care to repeat yeah, it? Yeah, it, it literally sounds like it is. And I, and I was sitting here while Jonathan was talking and wondering, what were people saying in the late 80s when you had TNG first on the air and you had your diehard TOS fans saying, I wonder, oh, this is not our Star Trek. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if we were having the same conversation 25 years ago. Yeah, man. And indeed we were, um, of course I, I wrote an article, um, toxic, uh, fandom in Star Trek. And, um, 
it pretty much exactly what you said. When the TNG crew came around, people were mad because it wasn't the TOS crew. And they basically trashed all of them saying they can't act. <laughs> they said Patrick Stewart can't act. Wow. It, 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 but I mean, Jeremy, you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's just what's new is strange and people have to adapt to it. I mean, just like, you know, there's, there's same Picard so different and it's true. It is different. Uh, Patrick Stewart wouldn't have came back if it was the same, you know? And when you look at how different DS9 was, um, you know, certainly one of the most beloved series, but was very different from what came before it. So people love what they love and they are used to what they're used to. And it just takes time sometimes to, kind of change and, and move over now i do think there are fans who are never going to love discovery i really i really do think that but i think they'll come around to picard i've seen a lot of hate for like like vicious hate for discovery oh, yeah oh yeah. more so than picard but you know but you see it like you know with the new star wars movies that came out the the, the hatred that people have shown for that when jody whitaker was announced as the new doctor i mean just the vile hatred they had for her yeah, because she was a woman. She was the, the woman doctor, and you know, the, apparently they say the doctor can't be a woman, which is BS. Yeah, but um, a lot of fans just don't want to change from what brought them into it. Yeah, they just want to keep that going, and there's just the new ones can't do that because you kind of you they have to evolve too. The show the shows evolve, you know. So I think we as fans kind of need to evolve as well. Yeah, and just think across the board. TV isn't what it was 20 years ago. You know, the way we tell stories is not what it was 20 years ago. So, um, I mean, from my point of view, if you want to experience the, um, the same sensibilities that you experienced 20 years ago, that TNG is still there. And we've watched it many, many times <laughs> and it'll always be great. But, you know, something new for a different generation. There are certainly people who've watched Picard and watched Discovery and love it and think it's the best Star Trek ever was. So, yeah, just got to grow with the times, I guess. And, and, you know, I'm I'm very much of the opinion that if you don't like it, don't watch it. Certainly. Just 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 let just shut up and let me enjoy it. <laughs> and, and see, Jeremy, you just hit on the point that I was about to make a minute ago, which was I'm not going to say every single one but i would say the vast majority of people who say i quote unquote hate this show are the ones that are equally just like we are sitting down <laughs> when do that it? show comes on yeah. they're watching it right yeah. and and we're certainly with in peak tv era so um tv's the best it's been across the board probably ever so yeah, man. You know, uh, that's how uh, Howard Stern got big when his show was not like when he first started doing his show. There were more people that hated the Howard, <laughs> Howard Stern show than liked it. But yeah. those people listened more regularly because they wanted to hear what they would hate next. If nothing else, we're ready to get into our review of Star Trek Picard episode four, Absolute Candor. Will you come with me? Will you bind your sword to my quest? The idea of going there isn't just a bad idea. It's bizarre. No one asked for your pity, Picard. Just as no one asked for your help. One impossible thing at a time. Where did that come from? 
All right, let's go around on horn and get everybody's high level view of this episode. And I want to start with Jeremy. What do you think, dude? <sighs> uh oh. No, okay. <laughs> Deep breath. I, I like this series. It's a it's a good series. I'm just having a hard time getting excited about it. Um, You're excited the first two episodes. I, 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 the first episode was great, and then just the rest of them. And I was discussing this with Jonathan after the podcast last week. I think my biggest issue has been so far is that the series thus far have had like a both a season long arc and self contained episodes like at the same time, and there have no really been no self contained episodes so far. So I mean, I'm just having a hard time. Like so far, it's just been like one long episode. Yeah, serialized storytelling. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and I do I did like the episode. There are some moments I really enjoyed, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But I'm just having a hard time being excited. Oh, it's time to watch Picard. Picard's been the new episode of Picard's been released. Let me go watch it. Well, you you make a very good point in that even. Even Discovery, I think, it feels more like a journey, a serialized season instead of being, you know, and we talked about this a lot with Discovery, too. That happy, feel-good feeling you get at the end of every episode, you kind of don't get that with Picard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if 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 that's what you're looking for uh, or if that's what people out there who are bashing in the forums are looking for, um, I don't think we're going to get it. Now, I do think we got more of that with season two of Discovery. It kind of moved more in that uh, direction. Agreed. But even with Picard, I think once we get this first season out of the way, we get this whole arc of introducing this journey and getting the team together. I do feel like maybe next season it might sway back to the more, you know, happy bow at the end of the episode type (laughs) arc. Well, you know, and I think we've discussed this before, too. You know, for this most Star Trek new series, it takes them the first season to kind of find their voice. Yeah. To get their footing. And so, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be wait out the, you know, these 10 episodes, the 10 episodes is for the season, correct? I don't think or, it's that many. Is it eight? It may be 10. I don't know. We'll research while you talk. Go ahead. <laughs> for, 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 how, for how many episodes are going to be in the season, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to patiently write it out and kind of, I guess, form my opinion then because, you know, like I said, I'm just, I'm just having a hard time getting excited about this show. Hmm. Interesting. What about you, Cal? Okay. So, so let me say this real quick. I, I think it is, I don't want to say inappropriate, but I don't think it is the right thing for us to do as a viewer to compare Picard, this story that we're watching with Enterprise, with, you know, TNG, with any of the others, Discovery, whatever, because the 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 format of what this story is about is about a person's journey, not a ship's journey. Uh And, And I think that's just... The uniqueness about this, I think this is something that the Star Trek franchise has never done because the vessel is Picard, not the ship. And I think we're going to see even however many seasons this this has, I think we're going to see a different type of story. That said, for this episode, I think it was more like a second episode because those first three were an extended first episode. So it, it felt like this is the first 
trip or first you know move past the introduction episode and i liked the characters that they introduced so i had fun with this on a in a summary view absolutely what about you john um so i really really enjoyed this episode um and i'm just sitting here listening to you guys i've kind of kind of come to a couple of realizations about maybe why um and and one of them and it's kind of a twofold thing you know i think kyle mentioned this earlier like in our episode two review uh you know kyle said well maybe because they're not in space it's not what you're used to and you're not enjoying it and i you know i kind of come to the realization that i need space in star trek i don't i don't know (laughs) i mean (laughs) like as soon as he got on that ship like everything changed for me and not like i didn't say like oh yeah we're on the ship yes but it's just kind of like maybe i was more open to it and maybe the openness of space would do that for you so i i mean so that's just part of it and i mean we introduced another character i like and you know and now that cal made a great point you know it's not following a ship's journey, it's following Picard's journey. Yeah. And I think I kind of came to that realization in the last episode that this is really about Picard, even though it's the namesake, <laughs> I understand that. But <laughs> like, I, I guess you go into it with expectations and the first couple <laughs> episodes just kind of kill that expectation. And I just kind of had to build that back. So kudos to the writing team. They've kind of brought me back into it. Yeah, and as for me, um I I enjoyed this episode. I I do feel like it wasn't a lot packed within, but I do think we get some great things in the, you know, the fencing battle and the space battle and we get a huge cameo by the end. They do some interesting things to sort of start to make this ship feel more like a ship we know ever so slightly. I mean, uh, by by the introduction of the the holodeck uh, and as well as some things they do on the bridge that make it start to feel a little bit more like maybe sort of like the Star Trek we know. Uh, But I just want to see more of the ship eventually and you know, learn more about Rios and, and what he has going on there, because it seems like there's something deeper in, in the, his whole operation that he got, that he has going. Of course, you know, we get, we got two new characters, uh, to aboard in this episode, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think we continue to see a Picard that's questioning the choices he's made and trying to right some wrongs. So all interesting stuff. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. I want to start this episode on the Borg track because I think it was so small in this episode and maybe even weird in this episode. So... Half thanks. Like, what the heck is going on with Soji? Like, what the heck is going on with her in this whole Narag relationship? We know what Narag's intentions are, but to me, in my opinion, she is, she's not being very strong or smart in her. Well, this, this is what I have written now. Is she in love, stupid, or just having fun? I mean, yes. 
<laughs> Any thoughts on that whole relationship and, and her and, and her pursuit toward it? And I just don't get it. I don't. I don't get it either. So maybe I. So I'm looking at it. At, so right now, Sea Soldier is two people. And one is the soldier who she's portraying. And the other is the android part of herself that she has no control of that she doesn't know it exists. I think the soldier that she thinks she is is actually falling in love with this guy. But her curiosity, because she's a scientist, is kind of getting in her way of falling in love with him, which is probably going to be beneficial in the future here. Uh, but like, I, I mean, and I think I think she's just kind of battling within herself. Like there's some desires in her that's coming from that Android part of her that has different goals than she has. And that's kind of a battle. And now Narek is just kind of like throwing that into chaos. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I I'm not saying that it's not going to turn out to be a great storyline. But to me, like, I guess I guess it's like you said, she's trying to discover more and battle the uh, the soji that she knows she's she is. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I That whole storyline, I just I'm w- ready for it to get more exciting because we know she is the destroyer. Don't we know that she's a destroyer, right? I'm ready for it to destroy. As, as, yeah, well, <laughs> as, as Narek put it, um, I want to see that uh, a switch flipped. You know, I just want to see the other side of her. And I know we're going to get a big reveal here soon about what's going on with her. But, yeah, I, yeah the whole storyline, I think, is just kind of a dud in this episode. And we get some interesting things. You know, the last woman I told her that I was going to teach her an ancient Borg, Borg ritual uh, didn't go so well. But apparently Narek has it all nailed down by... Gl- skating, gliding through the board cube. <laughs> just weird, just weird stuff. Weird stuff. And so, he and the sister relationship is just oh, weird too. I told you. I, did I, I mentioned a, a certain state. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> or, or to people, what people know more of Game of Thrones, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, this absolute candor, like that was the biggest waste of writing. Like the whole gliding down the hallway. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was just really. <laughs> Let's fill some and, time. And, and this Derek dude, I just really want to punch him in the face every time I see him. I don't know what it is about him. I just like every every time he, every time there's a scene with him, I just cringe and I just feel like I need to like move away or something and watch something else while he's on there. So, I'm a cool rebel, but I'm really not that cool because my sister is pulling all the strings in the background. Dude. And, and picks me up every once in a while. Yeah, and yeah. other things. Other things we can't say. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> they shot a sock commercial. Like, <laughs> yeah. That hallway scene was like a sock commercial. I was expecting to see like some ad placement. Or... <laughs> oh, boy. And then they had this grand music playing, like... Uh, Weird choice. It, 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 that was interesting. Yeah, Picard's slipper socks. <laughs> I, I will say now it seems like we're getting one weird choice per episode. Of like, why did you do that? Uh, but I will yeah. say we do hear some. We do get some interesting revelations from Rizzo and Narek's conversation. We learned that their goal, which I guess we kind of knew, um, 
is is to kill all Siths is their goal, and they're trying to get in league with Soji slash Asha to so they can find out where the rest of them are. That's it. There is exact words. Rest of them. So do we think there's a whole race of these highly evolved synths out there somewhere? Or is there a whole bunch of Soji uh, and Dodge clones out there? That would be disappointing. <laughs> that would be. But, 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 but that was what I thought. I mean, yes, I agree. That would be disappointed. But that was my first thought was, is, does it mean more of them, more of the sisters? Hmm. It would be job security for that actor. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of took it as, uh, crap. What's his name? The, the doctor. No, the doctor that created them, that he's looking on Who's the Maddox? pre-cloud. Yeah, Maddox. There you go. Brain part. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of taking it as like Bruce Maddox has created on purpose or by accident, like a race of synthetics, not necessarily all like the twins, but. I, I don't. So what? What was that episode? It was an episode of something I was watching, where there were. It would. What was that? Was it Gosh. Star Trek? Yeah, it was Star Trek. Okay. Uh, anyway, they ran into this uh, race. Well, not this race. There's these group of androids, basically living on this planet. Like this guy had created them all, and it was a cleanup. Yeah. No, you're talking about the whole genetic engineer Klingon arc. Yeah, that was yeah. genetic. Yeah, okay, no, that wasn't it. Okay, and that was it. Sort of, I guess it's sort of similar, but that was a very interesting storyline as well. And in so I'm, I'm just thinking it's kind of going along lines like Maddox is like these people deserve to live, and he's went off to some place which may be free cloud oh. and created this whole race of synths, and that's what they're out to do. Awesome. Either that or the remaining sense that were set to be destroyed due to the attack on Mars. They all went into hiding, you know. Right. Very Rathacon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, you know, I guess that's that Borg storyline and we can move on to more interesting things, I guess. Anyway, the search for Bruce Maddox continues, but not before a pit stop. And we start things off with a flashback. Picard visits the Romulan Reclamation Hub, which we come to know as Vashti, 14 years earlier. First off, uh, one thing I really loved is the realization of the world they were on. So I want to get you guys thoughts on the realization of the colony and the people as well and all of the visual aesthetics there on Vashti. Any any thoughts on that? The look and the feel of the colony? So, so, yeah, actually, I do. I go back to saying again as Picard is the vessel. And I think this is an excellent way of showing the ramifications of our actions, of how they impact people. And I know we've had stories where you revisit things that have happened in the past. I can give you an example of a Doctor Who episode or story in the 70s where the Doctor visited this planet with one companion and then a couple of seasons later he went back with another companion to the same planet and supposedly a hundred years had passed. Same actor, same, you know, time frame. So with a time travel show, there really wasn't any impact. But with this, your actor that you're seeing 
you know what, because we watched it, we know what he looked like 25 years ago. And I think the aesthetic of seeing this man age and be the age that he is now beyond what we're seeing him interact with, I, I just think that that brings a level of realness that we don't often get in any television story because when you see people made up in prosthetic makeup, there's just some fakeness to it. But this is real life for this man who is portraying Picard. And I think that this is a rare opportunity that we get to see things play out in a way that we don't normally get to see them play out. And I think that's just really special. May not be exactly what you were asking, but for me, I think that this this point of view, I think, is really, really cool. Are, are you talking about as it pertains to Vatchy or just in general seeing them from next generation to now? Kind of both, honestly, because I'm looking at it from these people that he interacted with. And again, it's 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 a richness that I think that it added because you're seeing these people that he interacted with and you're seeing that when he gets there, they're not happy to see him. And again, I know I may be focusing too much on him, the actor, but I just think that that's really cool. Bottom line. Hmm. So yeah. let me ask you this, Kyle, because uh, I didn't notice it. And if, and maybe that was, and I didn't pay attention. So during the flashback, did they portray Picard as like younger? And, I didn't, not to cut you off, that was one of my problems with the episode. They even make a outright statement when he revisits fourteen years later. He he said he talks to is it Nani? I can't remember her name, and she says, "You look, um, I've you've grown older." But to me, <laughs> to me, they all look the same. And maybe just me, but. I, well, I, 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 well, I didn't pay much attention to it. It seems like that he that they kind of smoothed out his face a little bit for the okay. flashback. Okay, hmm. you know, it, maybe it, maybe filled in some like wrinkles or something, or or smooth, you know, just kind of smoothed out his face a little bit. And then when they when, when he went back to the present, they just kept him more natural. You know, that would have been so awesome to see him. As he was from Next Generation. Oh, that would have been so good. In that scene, like in the classic uniform and everything. Yeah. Like, I would have loved to see that. That's why I'm asking the question did I miss it? So, no. obviously, they didn't do a great job at it if they did. All right, let me pose this. What if they assumed that we're going to take what we've seen in our memory? And just assume, oh, 14 years ago, and I know I, I'm, I, I know this is a stretch here, but what if the fact that we've seen him be younger in earlier episodes, that just subconsciously plays up on him being younger in our minds? Mm. I know, again, that's a stretch. Yeah, that's well, a stretch. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you say that, and like before we had this conversation, I think I did that. Like when they said 14 years ago, in my head, it was Picard 14 years ago. I didn't think anything about him being looking the same. Now that I, I'm going to go back and watch, and I'm probably going to be disappointed because he's not now. But I mean, maybe, I mean, Kyle, maybe that is what they were hoping for. And maybe that did work until 
Somebody pointed it out. Right. I don't know. He just looked old to me in both of them. I mean, he looked, yeah, he looked old in both of them, but he looks like – to me, he looks like there, – there was a difference to me from like, the yeah. flashback and the present. Yeah, and if you're – what – if you take his real age of 79 and go 14 years, you know, before that, 65, that's really not a huge difference. But I don't know. 65 could look a lot younger than 70. So I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll go back and analyze that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the things I want to talk about, the reason I brought the question up, I was going to, I was really just talking about the aesthetic of the colony, the world they were able to realize, the different colors, the autumn looking colors. And just the vast um, differences among the Romulans, they continue to make the Romulans seem like a very vast and different and multifaceted race. And I, I liked how they portrayed that in this flashback scene as well as the rest of the episode. And just the, the whole visual aesthetic of what they were going for on that planet. I felt like this was like a real colony somewhere. This is my favorite set pieces that I've seen so far. It didn't really stand out to me. I, and I, 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 I mean, I guess it could be. Again, I have to go back and rewatch, but it didn't stand out enough for me to say, wow, this is awesome. Not, I mean, comparing to other, other scenes from other Trek shows, we, I mean, it's not much different. I mean, unless you go back to like early TNG and original series. And then, of course, you're talking about technological advances that made yeah. it better. But I mean, if I look at like Voyager away missions and, World. I mean, just think on DS9 when they go to Bajor. Like, those are some beautiful scenes. Yeah. And I, I, so, I mean, this did, really didn't stand out much for me. Now, maybe it will now that you say it and I watch it again, but not enough for me to, like, while I'm watching it, say, man, this looked really good. But I think just Star Trek has always done a great job with that. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. And, and I, I think the detail and the, the level that they took to, have these different versions of Romulans, just like we saw different versions. Uh, and one of you guys mentioned it last week or the week before about the different versions of the Klingon. I think, I, I think Star Trek does do an awesome, awesome job in the world building department. Yeah. I just think they just went the extra mile on this one. Um, in some of the landscapes they were showing, some of the wide, views they kind of showed with this and it's something you don't normally see so i thought it was really and, and, well done. and i like the way it to me it looked like like they they were repopulated ruins yeah like yeah. none of this architect none of this looked new like it had been like a previous civilization or because I, I don't know if they ever stated there was a previously inhabited planet or still inhabited planet that they moved them to I kind of assume they just, it was a like a barren planet and they kind of built what they could because but they didn't have none, much. But none of the buildings looked new. Yeah. They looked like they had been, been there and yeah. settled. Possibly. Now you did, I mean, if you watch the um, after show, uh, Ready Room. I did not, but, so inform me. <laughs> uh, listen, I've, I've watched it twice. I, I just, I'm a big Wesley Crusher and Will Wheaton fan, but I just I don't like him in Ray Room. But that's another discussion for another time. <laughs> he's too much. He's geeking out too much for me, and I don't know if it's real or it's a show, but it, it just bothers me. But anyway, uh, part of the show, part of that uh, after show, he was talking to the visual effects guy, and they were just kind of going into what all they did to like build these sets and these effects. 
And I mean, it, it really went into it. So, and like one thing that stands out to me when we go, when we get that kind of wide view of Starfleet headquarters and the Golden Gate Bridge, oh, yeah. and you see all of the solar panels on the big bridge. Yeah. So, you know, he's saying, <clears throat> you know, there obviously there is no way they can get a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge without traffic on it. <laughs> like it was always gridlocked. So the way they covered it up was they covered it in solar panels. Oh, that's awesome. So, and so, and then a lot of places like uh, Rafi's home and the city, um, the Vat, 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 however you say it, like he, they kind of show how they started with this landscape that somewhere here in the U.S. I'm assuming, and through CG added in layer by layer, like I'm talking about small layers, like a bush was a layer. A frame of a building was a layer, and then they layered something on top of that, and they show the build from the barren land layered all the way out to the finished product. Oh, wow. So they put a lot into the set building. Wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. So, but so, like I said, it's Star Trek has always done great with set building, except the Void Landing Voyager. Oh, man. <laughs> that was terrible. Hey, don't hate. Don't hate. <laughs> Well, let's 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 talk about the the I'm going to say this wrong. Quot Malat, Quot Malat. Close enough. <laughs> and the whole <laughs> idea of this absolute candor and and for that matter act this group of female Romulan assassins that are that are rivals to the actual um Tal Shiar. So, just thoughts on there and the thoughts of of them being, you know, uh, these very truth-driven uh, group of people, and all females, so pretty interesting. So, any thoughts on that as a whole? Total communication of emotion without any filter. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's yeah. that's cool, but that can cause so many problems <laughs> so quickly with the wrong people. <laughs> so I got in my notes. Wouldn't it be like to me? I would love to live in that atmosphere. Me too, me too man. Like I would love to, and and there's a lot of times you hold back or you say things differently or don't say things, not necessarily you want to do it on purpose, but it's just kind of you worried about whether or not you should say it, whether or not. So, I mean, when you just live in a world where you're expected, I mean, number one, they don't have to worry about dishonesty. Yep. I mean, they don't have to worry about treachery or you know you are you are what you get like you looking at somebody and you're talking to them you know that's exactly how they feel or what they think yeah. and you don't have to question that that would be such an easy way to live now like you say <laughs> it would cause some issues <laughs> but i would love to be that i would love well, to be that now i think like somebody like jonathan who could who had who does a better job of phrasing his words than i do um he could probably live longer in a society like that <laughs> But, you know, I joke around every now, you know, the, the filter in my head is broken. That doesn't tell me often to not don't say that out loud. Keep that in your head. So and I think like for somebody like me, that probably would not be a great place to live if I want to keep any friends for very long. But usually what makes you mad is the fact that in your head, you're like, you didn't have to say that or you should like you. Ex- I don't know. I, I, in my head, I think it'd be great just because there's no expectations. Yeah, like but when say, you look at but me, say, I know you don't like me before you say it, but I know you're going to say it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be mad about it. I mean, it'd probably be a fun place to visit. 
just to, you know, but not to like live there. I, I, I you know, I'd want to go home at some point, but like, I can't live with y'all. Yeah, well, I like to live in society of all women anyway. So. Well, that's you. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who would, who, what? I would love to live in a society of all women. What? Anyway, cowards. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I was going to say was, you know, look at some of the other things that we do in regards to, you, you know, things that we don't say and we live our emotions in our head and then we build the emotion, build the emotion. And before long, we wind up and Jeremy, you were talking about losing friends potentially because you don't have the filter. Well, sometimes on the reverse of that, if you have too much of a filter, you you build this scenario in your head. You'd still wind up offending people, hurting your friends, et cetera, and so forth, because when you do let that out, it's misdirected, indirected, wrongly directed or whatever. So so that I, I agree. I think this is would be a quote unquote dangerous way of living, but <laughs> on the flip of that, also kind of a cool way of living. Well and that's kind of where I go with it. Like I think most of our problems come from we build up false expectations. You know, in a situation like that, you don't have an opportunity to build up. Like I'm not mad at Jeremy because he tells me first he comes he said, Jonathan, now nah, you're fat and ugly. <laughs> right. So I the only reason I would be mad at Jeremy is because I've been talking to him for 20 years and I assumed that my fatness and ugliness didn't, wasn't a problem. <laughs> but now all of a sudden I found out it's a problem. So you've been lying to me. So now I'm pissed. Oh boy. Y'all are crazy. I was taking too long on this, but I mean, that, that was just part of my notes. I was, I mean, that would be an interesting, just to ask somebody like an interesting poll to put out, like, how would you feel to live in a world like this, to live in a society like that? And that'd be interesting to hear answers from different people. Yeah. And, and I love how they're just continuing to, you know, again, to me, fill in all of these facets to the Romulans. Like 25 years ago, you wouldn't have ever thought the Romulans would be this vast and um, diverse. No way you would have thought that. And just no. seeing, seeing so many different shades and, um, so many different pursuits among them, sex among them, sex, 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 CT, sex. <laughs> divisions. It's <laughs> so many divisions among them. It's just very awesome to see play out on screen. And you know, in addition to the absolute candor thing, um, I also love something else that was said that I thought was really hit on was a promise is a prison, prison. Do not make yeah. yourself another jailer. And I, I love that. So good job. Bravo on these little tidbits they've thrown in episode that are kind of deep. If you really think about it, oh. but we see Admiral Picard who we know Picard hates. I'm not going to say hates. He's very annoyed by kids and we see him like really embracing this child, which is just not off care. Well, seemingly off character for him. And, and, uh, it reminded me a lot of what we saw with him and family with Renee when, you know, they were trading names, uncle and nephew. It really reminded me of that. And we even see Picard reading, you know, the three musketeers to him, which I think they try to make a lot of allegories of that in this episode, the three musketeers. So, you know, I just thought it was a really nice montage of him and Eleanor. Is it Elnor? Him and Elnor. 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 
uh, before Picard gets news of, of the attack. So I just really love that whole sequence with him. Yeah, that that was pretty good. And like you said, we always know that he never liked kids. But I kind of, I kind of, again, to go back to a uh, beaten horse we've beat up to death, it goes back to this absolute candor thing. Like, I think Picard, it actually appeals to Picard. Like, maybe what he hates about children is you, you don't always, I don't know, not that children lie or hide their intentions, but... I mean, I guess just think about how much easier a child would be to deal with if they're taught absolute candor. Like, yeah. you don't have to sugarcoat things. You don't have to baby them. You don't have to, you know, that's not Picard. Picard is not a baby in type. Like, we're not going to talk about this around the children or uh-huh. we're not going to teach. About, you know what I mean? He has a child here that he can absolutely be himself around. Yeah, that's true. Now, that is true. He he can be absolutely be himself. Now I will say this a caveat to what you said. I will say most kids are truthful to a fault. <laughs> and if you say anything around them, they will repeat it. And and even just you know by being un unknowingly rude because they're just being you know honest. <laughs> so yeah. I, so I don't know. <laughs> but let's move on ahead to um to the ship. And does the ship have a name? I don't even know if it has a name. Do you know? Yes. Uh, the mermaid. It's a, it's another word for the mermaid. I mean, I'll have to look that up, but yes, it does have a name. Okay. But, but we get this chat of Chris and Dr. Girardi and they are actually talking about the book we talked, you know, we saw a couple, uh, episodes ago, um, the tragic sense of life and the, he gives a pretty nice synopsis of it. Uh, the ex- the existential pain of living with the consciousness of death. So if, if we didn't, if you didn't get it all from our review, there, there you go. They actually explained it in the episode. So I do think that Dr. Girardi is turning out to be like the comedy relief of the show. Is anybody else getting that? I am. And I have a theory on her too. Hmm. Let's have it. What if she's an android? Oh my God. That would be so crazy. But <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but is she not like, Android like I don't know like I I, I I I don't I don't know I just she's just weird not weird like Tilly weird like weird like <laughs> uh, uh, Android trying you. to be human weird yeah I don't know I did find it funny that she's never been in space and you think in the Star Trek world everybody would have been in space right I mean who hasn't yeah I don't know <sighs> but and I, and I think the name of the ship, by the way, is Serena. Yeah, La Serena. I just found it. La Serena, and it means the mermaid. Mm, I think I like La Serena better. <laughs> <laughs> so I read something the other day, and it's I think that was kind of like a Easter egg to of uh, what which movie was that when Picard was marrying uh, um, Will and. Troy and he was on the ship on the holodeck and it was called the mermaid. Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting. And naval folklore always mentions mermaid as like a mythical good luck creature or something. So yeah, it was nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis. Yeah. So that, uh, that's kind of an Easter egg they put in there. So, yeah. So we find that Picard has redirected the ship to, uh, this, this Vashti planet. Um, and, and really not much to say here because we know we're going to Vashi, but I, I love like Rafi. She just 
just uh makes me laugh uncontrollably. Um, she says the man can't even take a guilt trip without being on the starship. So I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Uh, but then we go into the chateau, or do we? Dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was kind of threw me for a loop at first glance. I was like, what? Wait, is this a flashback? <laughs> me too. And then he paused the bird. Which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I pause the bird, you know, it might not be the same thing you're thinking about. Right. It's going to be a new coined phrase pause the bird. <laughs> uh, what do you think about having the holodeck back so quick, Kyle? Oh, I love the virtual ready room. I thought that that was like so much cooler than going into some weird looking room and, you know, just being generic i thought i i love i loved it i i thought it was a cool way to link a set that you already had yeah and tied back to the you know the first episode so that was cool um i i thought it was brilliant point yeah. taken yeah can you get like the <laughs> i don't know the word to use here audacity i guess <laughs> i mean picard you're you're a passenger on this ship and like you're so special, you're just gonna recreate your home on the holiday to go to. Like you can't just go to quarters. You well, well, you, actually, it was the HH or it's the hospitality hologram that actually did it for him. Emergency so. hospitality well, hologram. Oh, emergency say, hospitality hologram. Okay. I thought the same thing until he mentioned we received the schematics for your chateau before you got here. Yeah, from Chicago. So he said. That to them to recreate for him. Well, Shabon sent it to him, so I don't oh, know whether that was yeah. at the direction of Picard oh, or yeah. not. You know, but well, that makes it a little better. And, and who's to say that that's not the cultural norm of things to do twenty five years later with holodeck technology? Is when you go onto a ship, you submit your details of whatever room you want. Who's to say? All of their rooms aren't just like Picard's chateau ready room. Yeah. Oh, you make a good point. Wouldn't that be nice? Like the hotels you go to, you could just recreate your bedroom. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would be so spoiled. Yes, we would. Now, what would be but how cool. How many holograms does the man have? Say that again? Uh, how many holograms does the man have? Because. Yeah. We got the ta- uh, tactical emergency tactical officer, I guess. Yeah, this is- he must be a very lonely man. Well, what you know, the hospitality program said it was a packet that was installed on the ship, so the packet just comes with a variety of holograms. Damn. But on the after trick show, the ready room, they're interviewing Captain Chris, uh, actor. And he said there is a few more we haven't met. Uh, probably a sex bot or something. <laughs> Hopefully it's not him. See, <laughs> so y'all got y'all's out of the women. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. Uh, Yourself. Okay. Um, as, long, as long as it's not Klingon. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I have the constitution for that. <laughs> oh, Paige and Doc, no, Detective Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Picardo would be proud. Um, so, so, uh, we hear the whole sector that Vashti is in now, the planet Vashti, 
is it, it, there is a rumbling rebirth movement going on. So it's actually very dangerous. And we talked about it before, but the place that Picard left to flourish before he got the message that, you know, the attack on Mars is now a very different place. And, and we actually get to see some of that. Now, before we get to that, I mean, let's go back to the statement Picard, um, that Picard said while talking to Rafi in his hollow ready place, whatever you want to call it. Um, she's saying, uh, we have to stick to the plan. Free cloud. I've got a deep one real quick. If you, it, it, since, since you said that, one of my favorite lines of this was when Picard said, I may never pass this way again. That actually sent a chill. I hadn't like the hair on my arm stood up with that. Oh, yeah. To me, this is like my favorite part of the episode. How can people say that Patrick Stewart is not acting his tail off in this show? Because, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. I mean, it's very, I mean, it, you can, it is no, by no means TNG. Mm-hmm. And and he, he does a very good job at making sure we know that. Like, other than his name being Picard, I'm looking at an entirely different character. Yeah. But, but you know what? I would argue that, rightfully so, he should be an entirely different character. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. To make this show work, it would have to be. I, I wouldn't enjoy it as much if it was the same Picard from TNG. It's it's so funny because, uh, you know, I, we talked about us going back through TNG and I've been watching. I know you've been watching, too, John. It's almost like he's Vulcan like in TNG. <laughs> he's like yeah. he has almost no emotion. He is very hardened and structured in TNG. But here it's just like, you know, the floodgates are open. <laughs> he's just <laughs> being himself and very emotional. And he's going and, through punk bar. <laughs> well, you know. and, and, and you know what what you just said makes me want to go and watch some of the tng movies because i would love to compare the picard from tng to the tng movies and and the reason why is because when you were saying what you just did i was wondering if that final scene where he goes and sits down at the card table at the very end is sort of like a you know, like a turning point for him as a person. And I'm curious to see if the Picard we saw in the movies had a little bit less of that uptightness that we saw in the Hmm. TV show proper. I didn't see that Hmm. in the movies. I I seen the same Picard from the show in the movies. If if, if anything, I said so slight that, that you really can't tell the difference from one to the other. Um, But certainly now he's he's just a totally different person, um, you know, and he's been through a lot. So it makes a lot of sense. Cool. But I mean, getting back to Vachi and we're going to go ahead and try to wrap this up and the whole planetary planetary defense shield orbital killer drones. Uh, so, you know, I said this earlier, but just just getting this opinion again, was Picard just foolish in thinking that? this planet would be this in the same state he left it in. You know, we talked about what happened with Rafi after it's been 14 years. He, he did not reach out to her, you know, and I say it again in this, this situation, why nothing after 14 years, pride, embarrassment, 
and 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 we can say this planet is sort of mirrors the state that Rafi was in when he meets her. You know, uh, very downtrodden in her addiction. Um, you know, just a shell of the person she used to be. And we see the planet here: poverty, degradation, ethnic strife. Why is Picard not reaching out to these connections that he's made over the years post attack? And, and that makes me think, you know, you know, we know that, uh, Troy and Riker are going to be in this, this season. Is it going to be the same situation with them? Has he not talked to them in, you know, the last 14 years? So just curious about the trail he has left, uh, once he decided to, you know, go to his chateau and, and, and bear himself in a book and his grapes and his wine. So I, just really interesting to think about. Well, didn't one of the, um, one of the trailers when he was going to go talk to Riker, I guess they have a kid now, you know, said uh, Picard or John Lucas here. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. So I'd imagine he's at least attempted to keep up with them at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that he named his dog number one. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, not. I wasn't saying it really as a joke, but it, you know, you do that. You name pets or things after people because you're no longer can connect with those people. Yeah. So, which made us all assume that Riker was dead. Now we know he's not. So, I think we are to assume and expect that that relationship is no longer what it used to be. Yeah. But just as we were saying, Picard had changed, so too has Will Riker, because he's no longer number one. And maybe the dog's name, while I agree a million percent in what you just said, I wonder if the dog's name is number one was more of a symbolic, more Uh, than a nostalgic. Good point. Possibly. Yeah. And, and, you know, Picard is just leaving this trail, leaving this trail of people that he used to love and be in contact with and that he's cut himself off of, from. We see with Elnor, this kid who he befriended became very close to and, you know, sort of like, again, like Rafi, he just left the kid and now he's back. The kid has grown and they are having a similar situation where the kid is trying to reconnect. Well, Picard is trying to reconnect and reform this relationship with the kids so if you don't mind let me pose this real quick now rafi is a different situation and if he has not kept in contact with troy or riker that is a different situation but for this planet and the people on it because he's no longer starfleet he may not have been allowed contact with them he may not have had the means to contact good point i like it and I, I kind of take it. I mean, Picard is taking a beating here to his ego. That's what I look like. I, it's like he kind of assumed that everything would stop and wait on him, and he's finding out it hadn't. And and every time that happens, all I can think of is pure hubris. Yeah, <laughs> I hear I, I, I hear that everyone's yeah. now telling me it was pure hubris, and he's 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 getting beat down with it. And I think he just figured he like this colony. Like he's going back expecting, hey, I was the hero here. I saved all these people. They're going to love me regardless. And he's realizing, no, you weren't that important. Same thing with Starfleet. Same thing with Rafi. I think he's just kind of seeing. He's expecting that his the love for him and the respect for him would transcend time, and it didn't. Yeah. 
as witnessed by his former rumbling friends who attempted to attack him. And again, like, I think he did the same thing with Rafi. You know, it's such, it's so analogous. He went, and from my opinion, and I want to know from you guys if you feel the same, he intentionally picks the fight with the Romulans, in my opinion, just so <laughs> Elnor could bond himself to him. Uh, I mean, I, I can see him att- intentionally picking a fight. Like, I'm Picard. This is, I'm a badass. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, I I didn't pick up that it was intentionally to pick up Elnor to, to cause Elnor to join him. But I definitely thought it was, you know, it was obviously intentional. Yeah, I kind of took it as, again, one of his ego things. Like, I'm Picard. What, I mean, what you going to do? Right. Come at me. <laughs> like, I built this. You're not going to tear it down. You're not going to destroy it. Like, that's what I took. But that's a good point. Maybe that was a ploy to get Elnor. That was a gamble. I mean, what if Elnor hey. wouldn't show up? Right. <laughs> but at the same time. I told Jeremy the other day, Picard didn't look too shabby in that initial confrontation. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Great fight scenes, by the way. Yeah, um, it was. It was. And then uh, I think about this whole requirements for the worthy, worthiness of Eleanor, Elnor to be joined to Picard. I thought that whole thing was kind of interesting. And a lot of, you know, interesting concepts they've been throwing around in this episode that add a lot of myth. Mytho- I don't know if mythology is the right word, but it feels like mythology to the whole Romulan people. You know, I just find yeah. it really cool. Really cool. But, you know, like you said, Elnor helps Picard, chops the guy's head off, you know, which <laughs> I was I was shocked when they got back to the ship and Picard like went in on them like for reals. Well, maybe that goes back to just kind of the ritual of it. Like he chose to bond this war with the quest and. That and means Picard. Yeah, Picard has absolute control. It, it it reminded me of some of the confrontations he had with Worf. Not really confrontations, but he had it out with Worf a few <laughs> times over the years. And oh, Worf, Mister Trigger, well, he's ready to shoot something every. Let's kill him. <laughs> if you were lesser man, I'd kill you where you stand. <laughs> oh, Worf. Yeah. That- I, but I, I mean, I think that goes back to again. It's the absolute candor of the situation. Like I, Elnor didn't really take offense to that because That's I think he would took more offense if Picard would have not said anything and been bothered by it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's not belabor it. Let's talk about the second and final fight of the episode: um, the space battle. Ooh, rub my hands together. Um, first off, did. The ship we've come to find is Seven's ship. Did it look anything like the Delta Flyer to you guys? Because I was thinking Delta Flyer the whole time I saw it. It was a little skinnier and a little sleeker, but to me, it had that same basic layout. But I took it. I looked at the ship. I said it looked a lot like Species Eight Five Eight Four Seven Eight Four Seven Two. Ah, yeah, I can get that. I can get that. <laughs> It, just, it was moving like that. It was. It had like a fluid movement to it. No pun intended. Fluidic space and all. But <laughs> I mean, it, uh, that's that's just kind of what. But I, I guess I could see where you could get the Delta Flyer because like the front half of the ship does. It was one scene where it shows it not moving as much. Yeah. And it 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 had a very familiar look to it as maybe the Delta Flyer could have been too. Yeah, and that's the that, thing we we don't really get a great look at it before it kind of. This explodes. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I, I'll take it in a different direction and kind of comment on something same scene, but not the the you know the look of the ship. This was an example of when I wish the intro would not include anyone who is a guest star and yes. and, and leave that until the very end because I would have appreciated this scene and this episode so much more if I would have not have seen at the beginning special guest star Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine. Well, you know, I missed that the first time around. So I was kind of, so like when I, when I saw her, you know, I, I had my fist pumping moment because I was very excited. And then when I we were watching it earlier, and then that's when I saw guest star Jerry Ryan, I was like, oh. Well, see, spoiler. for me, I saw it at the beginning and spoilers. Whenever I saw the ship, I'm like not paying attention to the ship. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Cool. Seven of nine. There oh, was wow. no, you know, I was like, even when they were saying he, because I, I had looked and saw how many minutes we had left. And I'm like, there's no way this can be a he. This is this, this is a misdirection. It's seven. Oh, yep. There she is. Seven of nine. That's your hosting <laughs> skills doing you evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally See, I didn't notice it. I never looked at that. Yeah, I've never seen that. At all. Yeah, I've... which and I got in my notes here, like it was a perfect entrance for Seven of Nine. Oh, like it really so shocked good. me. And it was, uh, as far as the timing and everything, it was excellently done, except for the name at the beginning. Yeah. Hmm. But what Speaking of the names at the beginning, I didn't know, which I didn't see this at the beginning. I did further research. Uh, Jonathan Frakes directed this episode. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Which is probably why I liked it so much. <laughs> yeah, that had to be a fun fun day to be on set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jeremy, we get your beloved 7 and 9. You know, we're going to wrap this up. But thoughts on on your beloved Voyager crew member? Um, I was man, I was I was watching it on my phone. And I had my headphones on when it happened, and I was you know I kind of I almost jumped out of my seat when I saw it. <laughs> and the child who was awake, he just kind of peered up from his video game and gave me that that like what the hell are you doing look? And I was like seven of nine, and he's like oh okay. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I, man, I, I loved it. I, I, this my, my my far the favorite part of the episode. <laughs> it's freaking awesome, and and also we learned from this episode that they threw a little trickery at us because that scene we've been seeing forever in the trailer where Jerry Ryan says, "What what the hell are you doing out here, Picard?" is probably actually on the holodeck and not on the real chateau. So they kind of uh, tricked us on that. Yeah, one. well played, sirs. Well played there. <laughs> Yep. Well, guys, any other thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Uh, so, my new favorite character is Elnor. Really? Yes. I like yes. him, too. And maybe, again, I'm biased to martial arts, so I mean, great fight scene and a great martial artist, and I don't know if he's actual actor is a martial artist, but, like, I, I kind of lean toward a great fighter in any show or TV or movie, so right now, he's going to be my favorite, especially that scene where he says, Anyone, how to say, anyone uh, has a problem with a Picard, you will die, basically. Mm, yeah. I'm like, man, that's badass. And he already proved it. Like, <laughs> he jumped over a guy, kicked the guy, and cut a head off before you blink. So, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting with him to see him grow. He might be the one that has the most potential to grow at this point because he's been like shed away on that, on Vashti, um, since, since a little kid. So, 
Um, and you know, he's just not getting off the planet and seeing other things, seeing a cat, seeing an orange cat, you know? So, <laughs> so it, it'll be, I think he's got a lot of growth potential by the end of the show. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes as well. And you know, I'm, I didn't have mentioned to Jonathan earlier. I'm having a hard time removing him from a Lord of the Rings elf. Cause he looks, his, his appearance is very elvish to me. And I keep wanting yeah. to call him Elrond. <laughs> yeah, he does. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that, but he actually has not been in anything else other than he's he is in the new Fantasy Island movie, and it looks like he's been on another TV series called Secret City. But other than that, those are the only two things other than Star Trek Picard that he's uh, acted in. Yeah, so, so this is pretty cool. Fairly new, yeah. New kid. Yeah, him fresh. And he's originally from uh, or was raised in Australia. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. He was in the outback training his martial arts skills, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he actually from the uh, says but... something about that Ooh. he was a boxer. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. And so it makes sense they would really get some, yeah, they get somebody that really can fight. So that's awesome to see. Yeah. As well. it, it says his father was an, um, a boxer and he was instructed by his father who was an ex professional boxer in Australia. So what I really want to see is him go against Michelle Yeoh. That's uh, <laughs> the matchup of the decade <laughs> with or without the sword. Yeah, you know, we'll give Michelle Yo something to fight with, and I think uh, Captain Jojo she, will hold she on. Don't need anything to fight with? <laughs> if he has a sword, it's over. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I don't okay. know. I don't What's know. Over and under on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, but she, Michelle Yo had been trained to fight since she was a child. So. She's a beast, man. Don't hate. Well, she right. is a beast, but she can she can get her head chopped too. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think if nobody has anything else, we're ready to wrap up this episode. Again, thank you all for being on this extended edition because it's kind of long episode of <laughs> discussing Trek. Um, as always, you can hit us up on any of the social medias. Leave us feedback, comments, what we got wrong, what we missed. This is a community of listeners as well as hosts. So we want you to be in the fold as well. So right now we're going to get ready to get out of here, but we want to go around the horn and see what everybody's been working on podcast later otherwise. And I'm going to start with John, man. What have you been working on podcast later otherwise or watching or whatever you want to plug? Uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, I'm finally caught up on the Relativity Podcast. Yay! <laughs> awesome. I got to hear Lieutenant Commander Raymond Niblin. <laughs> Niblin, yeah, Niblin. Uh, awesome job, Cal. Awesome. Thank job. you, sir. Thank, thank you. And to tell you, how awesome. I immediately, not immediately, like after the first minute or so, I kind of separated you from the character. Sweet. That's awesome. So that is awesome. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. Now, I, I have one criticism about that character. Like, Here comes the hammer. Well, no, not. <laughs> Maybe in the next episodes we'll yeah. find out more, but I, it's, I expected a little more pushback from him on what's going on. Like, he's very accepting of the situation. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of wanted to hear some more pushback from him. I could see that. Yeah. Well, even Doctor Mason was like, "Oh, R- Raymond, you you are you're really okay with this?" You know, he was he was surprised himself. And and you know, Raymond was like, you know, he's a military guy and he's seen a lot, so you know, he's he's used to seeing death and destruction. <laughs> and Nadia, man, 
Oh, wow. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nadia has flipped out. <laughs> Indeed oh, she <laughs> The drama on the audio serial. I'm, <laughs> it blows me away that I'm so into this. Oh, stay tuned for Nadia, man. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, next Relativity Podcast. <laughs> So I've been watching that, and of course I've been going through TNG, and my wife and I decided to start going through some more Voyagers. So I'm getting my feel of seven of nine again. So yay, getting your <laughs> so that's good things. Um, and an honorable mention before we go, I didn't mention this earlier. Uh, there is one little small thing in there I found. You know the uh, Romulan senator that Picard was talking to. Uh, he mentioned that Picard got him, transported him there in a Waldenburg class ship. Yeah. And that was a homage to Raoul Wallenberg, who was a Swedish diplomat who helped save thousands of Jewish refugees from the Holocaust during World War II. Oh, man. By escorts and hiding people in buildings that were designated as Swedish territory. So that was a nice little, nice little. Easter wow. egg. Easter yeah. egg. That is freaking cool. Wow. Just, just the level of detail sometimes they go to right. is just incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeremy, man, any parting gift for us today? Uh, finally, I've been trying to catch up on Doctor Who because I've been woefully behind for many years now. But I finally saw the episode where Captain Jack returned. Oh, and yes. Introduction of the, of the, the previously unknown Doctor um, Joe and Not the spoilers. I, <laughs> yes, spoilers. Um, it was a it was a good episode, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of of Joe. I would really like to see much more of her than what they've given us so far. Hmm. Yeah, she's she's freaking awesome, man. I have to say, I, I, I just knocked it out the park, and you know, I can't see more. Can't wait to see more of her as well. You know. All right. Uh, Cal Jones, man, what are you working on podcast later otherwise, man? Well, speaking of a little show called Doctor Who, if you would like to hear our review of the episode that Jeremy just talked about, you can go on over to DiscussingWho.com where we reviewed that very episode. So, DiscussingWho.com. So, Clarence, what about you? Oh, man, just doing Discussing Trek, man. I'm just happy everyone is listening. And again, check out Discussing Who. Check out the Relativity Podcast. And just uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Hit us up on the social medias at Discussing Trek each and everywhere. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe.
If you enjoyed this podcast, you may also like Relativity is an audio drama serial about two people, a woman on Earth and a man in space, struggling to remain connected, to help one another through life and death situations. Their only link across the vast emptiness of the cosmos is the sound of each other's voices. Find out more at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity. Discussing at work. <laughs>